Are you a consulting business owner seeking a better way to scale to your next million in revenue? Accelerate Sales Podcast features other experts who have cracked the code to predictable revenues with proven sales systems that quickly increase revenue and get you on the fast track back to doing what you do best. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast. If you're a first-time listener and you love what you hear or see, please subscribe. If you're a regular, love night tunes review. It means the world to me. So today, we're going to talk all things SEO. And don't be frightened. There's a great way of explaining, and that's going to be given to you in a framework. It's called the Erica model, and you're going to absolutely love it. The next thing you're going to find out is around the frequency of doing your SEO. And I think it's really going to shock you. And then the last one is particularly for podcasters, but it is for all content. How does Google search and what does users do differently to maybe other platforms like an iTunes search or something like that? Something I'd never heard of before. And it really makes sense. And it's got me doing some actions. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Gert Malik from SEO Leverage. Welcome, Gert Malik from SEOleverage.com to the Sales Accelerate Sales Podcast. Great to have you here, Gert. Hi, Paula. Thanks for having me. Yeah, normally I have you in my ears because I often hear you on uh, Superfast Business, which mm-hmm. I know James is your mentor, James Shramko, and he's been very good to me over the years. And I'm normally listening to you there. So I've got a little bit better prep than what I have for some uh, some other podcasts. But <laughs> SEO is a bit, it's a bit uh, what can I say, a bit tricky. Out of all of the marketing disciplines, I think it's the one that, you know, no matter how many podcasts I've listened to, how many people I've interviewed, you know, I, I keep adding bits of knowledge, but it's not as if it comes to me straight away. So we want you to help make that a bit clearer for all those consultants out there today. But why don't we kick off? with um you know who you love to to work with uh that's a great question i I definitely add bits and pieces to my seo knowledge on a daily basis as well Uh, i have been doing so for quite a few years um our perfect client is probably a small to medium-sized business we work a lot with online businesses a lot with membership sites a lot with consultants authors um essentially many many of our clients have been creating content over quite a few years have been um, writing their blog, have been doing maybe a podcast, etc. I've been essentially consistently creating content over time. And Google acquired a, a few years ago used to give you a lot of visibility for this content. So it didn't matter too much how it was structured, if this was a transcription or an article, or if these uh, links weren't that important in the past as they are today, for example, relevant links. So it was a little bit quote unquote easier. It was difficult with the knowledge we had back then. Um, and we didn't have the tools we have today, but it was, I think, easier to get visibility on Google than it than it is these days. So many of my clients have been really successful in the past, have been building their brand with content, with content marketing, with podcasts, etc., but have then seen that it gets trickier. So some of my clients were the first in their niche, the first in their industry, really putting the word out there and um, have been established authorities in their space for a while. But then there were new people coming in with latest SEO tactics, with links outranking them. Maybe they were focusing on their business. There were competitors coming in and just taking over um, space on Google. So we work with uh, many clients in in this way where we have to audit the site, uh, apply our framework and things like those. 
Yeah, well, we'll definitely dive into your framework in a moment. But mm-hmm. if you had to take a guess for most consultants, you know, a consultants generally the ones that, you know, been in it for a long time, they're thought leaders and therefore, you know, you're helping them readjust, like you said, or do you find that consultants can sometimes be a little lacking in content and it's more a, a kickoff for you? You know, if you had to take a, a, a percentage mix of the two, what, what do you think it is? It's an interesting point because it would probably be 50-50. We have consultants that have really gotten their first clients by just putting out their methodology, their way of analyzing, for example, a business or life uh, life coaches or consultants as well. Just putting the word out there, um, sharing their thoughts, sharing their ideas, etc. And then you've got consultants that maybe grow their business referral-based. And they're now saying, look, this, mm, I don't know, they might, might be running some Facebook ads, some LinkedIn ads or something like this. So they get uh, traffic from there. But then the pandemic, for example, hit and they started searching for their services or so searching for their, uh, for what they actually do and they can't find themselves. So then it's, it's really let's build up a content basis and let's start um, increasing your relevance in this space. So I think it could be a 50-50 based on my experience. Okay. All right. Well, look, um, if we look at, you know, the let's say it's 50-50, right? But if you look at the problems they're trying to solve, right? I know SEO is, you know, it's like a vehicle to get you to a certain destination. What 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 are some of the, the problems that the consultants in particular come to you with knowing or hoping that SEO will solve? Absolutely. Consultants usually are interested in leads. So they're interested in in being found when someone wants to solve the problem they help solving with. So if I want to grow my customer base, I want to acquire more clients, I want to help, I want help in sales, for example. Um, this is where they then see other consultants coming up. They type in help with sales or grow your or get more clients or something things like those. They see other consulting firms coming up. And then the question is why am I not there? I'm not even in the first 10 pages on Google and essentially only the first page and probably mostly the first half of the first page counts. Yes. in order to really scale a business so that they then ask the question, why are they not there? What they never ask themselves is, do I have anything that really deserves to be there? Is there any content Google could show a user from my website in order to make them happy? And this is ultimately what Google wants. Google wants to make users happy and they're not going to be happy if they come to a service page, to an about page, to a contact page. They need actual content that speaks to exactly what the user is looking for at this precise moment. This is not a generic service or sales page. And this is what we really need to understand if we want to start leveraging SEO for lead generation, that there is a particular problem someone wants to solve and I can help them solve it. And if I do this in a very good way, have a very good lead magnet, they might even opt in and download my lead magnet when they find me. And this, we are, they're going to be happy. And then it's really on the back end, on the mailing list, in order to try to get more trust, create more um, connection, more rapport with this uh, particular user. This is just one person really that needs to be convinced here um, and then get them to take action. And and just on the, before we go the, through the framework, on the content itself, right? So, you know, I've heard um, people mention that, you know, you should start with what you enjoy the the most, right? Which I suppose is a little bit different to what your audience generally consumes. But so for me, as an example, I love podcasting. You know, it's great to have you on the show. It then allows me to repurpose. I've got video, I've got audio, et cetera. So, you know, for me, 
that that's a natural thing. I, I don't like writing blogs as much, so I like one asset to do all the he- heavy lifting. In your experience, is it what you're most comfortable with is the best content or should you really map your audience first and then adapt you to meet your audience? I'd just love to, you know, is it the chicken or the egg? I suppose that's what I'm asking you. I think I think with podcasting in, in particular, what comes to, to my mind is that podcasting is really great for search engines from podcasting platforms, right? So we have different search engines in our lives. iTunes yes. has a search engine. Amazon has a search engine. SoundCloud has a search engine, right? The search engine I pick already tells something about what I expect to find. So if I go to iTunes and I search about sales and consulting or sales for consulting, and I find Paul Hagen's podcast about um, how to help me sell better or learn more about sales, yes. I'm going to be happy, right? If I go to Google, we need to ask ourselves how many of 10 people doing a Google search about selling expect to find a podcast. Probably, I, I always say one out of 10. And I think it's probably on the, on the upside, right? Yes. On, the, on the higher side. Yes. Uh, most people, when they come to Google, they don't expect to find a podcast. They don't have the time to listen to a 30-minute, 40-minute podcast in order to find out the information they're looking for. They're looking for an article. They're looking to skim something. They're looking to click on the table of contents to jump directly to the section that they think is going to answer their question. So if my vehicle is a podcast, I need to be very clear about the reach I really have and the platforms I can really cover. If I want to create cover more platforms, I need to adapt my way of presenting this content to the different platforms in the same way as you repurpose a podcast uh, and take a snippet and prepare it specifically for pay- Facebook. Why don't you put the 30-minute up episode up there? Because it's not what the platform expects. But from yes. Google, we are expect that Google brings us to a page where there is a play button and, um, and a podcast player and 200 words of show notes, and we expect Google to rank this. And this is, I think, a big misconception. We cannot expect the platform to do anything that's not going to be good for the users. So I think a big part of what we do with clients, with consultants, when we work with them, is to really have them understand what is the particular moment someone is in when they type in a search in Google. What is it that they expect? One of the main tools we use here is Google itself, because Google is going to tell us what they think users want to see. I have no idea. And it's not even industry specific. It's query specific. Yes. So a search query triggers a different result than another search query, right? So if I, if I search for best sales consultant, it's very different from how to get better at sales. It's completely two different search intents, right? So on yes. the one hand, we probably see homepages ranking of some sales consultants or comparisons of different sales consultants and their methodology. In the other one, we're looking for a long-form article that probably walks us through all everything that's related to sales with links to further resources, etc. I cannot rank with this one on the other query. It's impossible because it wouldn't make users happy. Right. If I, if I want to get anything from Google, I first of all need to present them with something that actually makes sense for them to rank. Right. And, and therefore, you can still repurpose the podcast, but it's got to be in a way that is uh, beneficial. Um, what about, um, I've heard that LinkedIn are going to start indexing posts, right, which mm-hmm. will be then be able to search on 
uh, on on Google itself. Have you um, heard that, or you're across that at all? Um, not too much, to be honest. Uh, I know there is there is uh, a big leverage uh, when publishing or leveraging other platforms and their authority for your content. So we're more about about controlling your assets, having a, having good control. Because what do you, what do you do if you base your entire strategy on LinkedIn posts? Because at some point, or Medium.com, or whatever it may be, and this tends to rank well, and then they flip a switch, and this is not no in, not indexed anymore, and yes. Google just can't show it anymore, or they don't allow Google to crawl it anymore, like most of Facebook's property, for example. What happens then? Right. So I'm I'm very reluctant on having a client base their strategy on a third-party platform they don't control. It can be a good um, complementary solution, maybe, where they say, okay, whenever I publish a blog post, if I have resources uh, available, I might rewrite this or repurpose this or write maybe a shorter version on on a third-party platform. But this is, again, original content. We need to put a lot of effort in this, and we need to treat it like a content that's specifically optimized for a certain platform. So I wouldn't base an SEO strategy on getting my content ranked on other platforms. And then on top of this, Google, I think, is not going to rank you just because you have your post there if you're not an authority in this community or an authority in your space. So Google, I think, can connect the dots and see how active are you in LinkedIn, how what type of authority are you in LinkedIn. So if I write tomorrow about life coaching, in uh, on on a platform on a third-party platform, Google would be smart enough not to rank my post because I've got no idea about life coaching. Right. Yes. So yes. I think I think Google is very smart these days, and this is where I, where I think comes the difference between SEO from maybe five ten years ago and SEO today. Google has their their algorithm with many 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 layers and and complexities etc., and they can figure a lot of things out based on context. And this is where those those quick wins away it's like, okay now i do this because this is going to work right now in google and tomorrow it might not work but i think those times are mostly over great well look that's a really good summary but i'm sure most people listening or watching at the moment are thinking well this is why i need an expert like gert right because what he just explained it sort of makes sense but you know it's not not as if i could then go and tell someone else what you just said right and that's why you're the expert and that's what you do what you do and i know you've got a a framework called erica right which you help and what i'd love you to do in the next sort of five minutes is just run through the framework but link it to some specific examples for consultants okay Mm -hmm. so uh let's go for it absolutely so the erica framework is an acronym i've come up with uh really refining this over many many years and then we ended up publishing a book about it and and creating an application to help our clients really apply this specifically. It's an acronym. E stands for evolution, R for research, I for interlinking, C for content, A for action steps. First step, and this is this is what we do every couple of weeks. We have been testing this with uh, several clients, doing this once a month, doing this every week, doing this every three days, etc. Yes. What worked the best was uh, re- uh, apply this framework every couple of weeks. And applying this framework for us means that we take their project through every single step, every couple of weeks. So when we start with E for evolution, this is where oh, sorry, we want just, to see. Just on that, good. So mm-hmm. why why the frequency of uh, fortnight or uh, bi-monthly or every two weeks? This is, this is what we were just there. testing. This works really well. So first of all, we want to be very close to what Google is doing, yeah. right? So imagine we had a client, uh, I think this was a consultant as well from 
um, Melbourne, I believe, oh, sorry, Brisbane, from Brisbane. And Google suddenly decided in their niche to only show home pages, not inner articles or service pages anymore. This was just a, a sw they switched, and from their position two ranking, they came to a page three ranking overnight. Right. Imagine you only do this once a month or twice or every two months, etc. You might not even be aware of this. Yeah. But or or not, even worse. If you have a working business, you don't check your rankings every day because you don't have time for that. Um, you, not even SEO agencies necessarily check your rankings every single day. Yes. Uh, we want, want to see the overall trends. So you might not find out. And then until you react, until Google processes this, et cetera, there's a very big time lag. So you want to be very close to what's happening. Yep, one, sense. Week has, one week uh, frequency has been shown to be too close. So yes. from me suggesting a client what they should be doing, I could suggest it every week uh, to them de delegating this to their team, getting this executed, getting this back to ours, to us, revising, et cetera, giving them feedback. A week is not long enough. It's not realistic. So we had always tasks piling up and suggestions yes. piling up over time, which is frustrating and doesn't bring results. Yes. So then when I said like, let's split this out two weeks and this is perfect. This requires yes. some consistent efforts on the client side, um, but has been... Um, showing to be really the perfect way to be close to Google, but still be able to execute and, and turn quick enough based on uh, Google's algorithm changes and, and perceptions, et cetera. All right, Brent. Now, you know, you've got condensed time now to get through the, the Erica model after that question. So uh, evolution. So that was the first one. So, you know, what are a couple of key examples you can give about evolution? Because, you know, I went through your uh, fantastic masterclass and you talked about, you know, uh, conversions, benchmarking, et cetera. But what are the things specific that a consultant should think about in, in the evolution step? Absolutely. In the evolution step, first of all, we always want to benchmark against competitors, right? We don't need to be the best out there. We need to be a little bit better than your competitors at all, st all stages, right? So we need to always monitor them, always know what they are doing, what's working for them, etc. We had a consultant, uh, for example, in the language learning space, and they had a, con a competitor who suddenly went down. So we were in this evolution step able to identify where they went down, which specific two articles went down. Yes. We were able to inform our client about what they should be doing about the same topic in terms of content, internal linking, external linking, specifically on those two topics, their main competitor lost. And they were able to take over their positioning and, and then and, started and good, How do you, um, what is it? Is it me coming up with who my competitors are? Is it you coming up and then, you know, working joint together? What's the best way to come up with your competitor set? Because a lot of consultants say, look, you know, I serve people globally, but, you know, for me as a as a, a, a sales strategist that works for consultants, who do I know who my key competitors set? A competitor is who comes up for the search queries where you want to rank. Okay. This can be a blog that doesn't even offer the service, can still be a competitor of yours because they take away the attention of Google users and draw them to their blog rather than to your services. So you want to be really clear about for which topics do you want to come up. Yeah. Sometimes clients have specific search queries. Sometimes they say, look, everything around, I don't know, video production, I need to be there. Whatever they search around video production, I want to be this, this person, right? Or whatever they uh, search for conversion optimization, I need to be there. Or they have specifics and say, okay, whenever it's e-commerce and conversion optimization, I want to be in this particular niche. And this makes a lot of sense to pick really your expertise 
And then we research keywords for our clients and say, okay, these are the keywords. They do we do researches on social on Quora, on Reddit, wherever. This is how people search for what you're doing, right? So when they search for this, we want you to ultimately rank on page one, the higher on top, the better, right? So everybody who comes up for the search queries where you are the expert and you want to rank is essentially your competitor. So you want to then identify a few just to get an idea about the competitive landscape and know what's happening in on page one. How do they move around? When does Google suddenly uh, rank a forum higher than the consultants, for example? Why might this be the case? What is the uh, the top 10 really? Um, what does it consist on? Not, it's not always only consultants. It might be a mix of consultants and agencies and maybe a blog post that doesn't offer a service, etc. So you want to be really close to your competitors, but also see in the evolution step, how does uh, everything we have been doing so far actually work? So what are the things we have implemented? Does this now drive more leads? Have we have changed this lead magnet? Is this now getting more conversions? Where do the leads come from? So where do people, what is the content that actually brings in the right people that are ready to take the next step and download something? This is very different from people just consuming the information and leaving or bouncing off your website. So this is where in the evolution step, we just try to map where do they come from? Uh, what's the what's the current situation on the on the competitive landscape and conversion wise? Where do they come from? Okay, great. So so the next uh, what have we got? Four. If you can just give a quick elevator uh, pitch because I want to make sure that we get to the action, the rapid fire as well. So the next one yep. is research. So what's a you now a key key point about the research in context of a consultant? Right, research uh, comprises a lot of things uh, definitely competitive research is just always something we do so in the evolution step we check what is the what is the current situation where are we benchmarking research is really diving into competitor what is working for them where are they ranking on page two page three they might be a little bit weak there how can we leverage this how can we take advantage of this maybe they have already done something well but they're missing something so we can pretty much uh, use a similar strategy or maybe we need to uh, reinvent the wheel here completely we research uh, the technical side of things as well. Very often there are handbrakes on a website really where they say, okay, this is just a technical block. This is why this can't rank and we can see what can be done there. We do a lot of user experience studies because Google ultimately, they, they want to rank your content if it suits Google users. But if the content isn't well presented, the site is slow, it doesn't work well on a mobile phone, et cetera, there can be technical issues that also need to be done in the research step. Yeah, and I, I know that in, you know, you have a good example of the UX and, and a, a result as well. So if you watch that masterclass, uh, which we'll put a link to, you can see that. So uh, interlinking. So you talk here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the I? What, what's, mm-hmm. uh, quick, I is, quick I is for inter, internal and external linking. We call this interlinking. Uh, links are votes of confidence. So a page linking to another page essentially says, user go to that page because this is a reference and this a good reference in this space like wikipedia does and gives you all the references this is really where i think this comes from and this works both from external websites and also internal pages so a page on your site linking to another page in a certain context is google giving google two dots to connect okay so i talk about email marketing a link to a page that talks about subject lines google is going to match them together and say, so, okay, this email marketing article might also be ranking for some subject line topics, for example, because it links together with another article. Right. And and okay. so, so just on that, should you specifically or proactively put links to other articles, which you're saying is going to increase based on your model? 
we want to, absolutely we want to give google context we want to go away from a model where we just uh click new post new post new post and yes. just add to the category and at some point we have 200 posts in the same category and with pagination nobody's going to click we want to have a good idea about the structure of the website and say okay this is really i'm i'm talking about sales and when it comes to sales we have in-person sales we have virtual we have email sales via email etc you map this out really literally on a spreadsheet we map this out Yes. Visually, so clients can understand this is my website. And now I want to create a, a piece of content about subject lines and I can see where in the structure is this going to go and how do I then need to link this together so Google can actually make sense of it. And from, and from uh, someone that's you know said, look, I've just spent, you know, some people might have spent ten, fifteen thousand dollars on a website and they know that they haven't got this, right? So they're listening at the moment. Like, how difficult is it to go and restructure it? Because I'm sitting here thinking, oh, gee, you know, that sounds like a lot of work. You know, how much work is it for the owner themselves to restructure that? You're probably going not, not going to change the design, but you're trying to give Google more context between the content you already have, right? If you don't have content, you start out and may, can make sure that this content is really structured. Structure really means how is this connected, right? Not how is this visually on the menu or navigation bar, yeah. but how is this really connected? How can a user that comes to this main article now go more specific? Is there a link pointing to this or do they need to search in my category archive and find another article that talks about this topic in a little bit closer, right? So this is where we map this out. And this can be uh, very often it's, it's assistance doing this for a business. They go in and based on our instructions, then place certain links in order to make sure this happens. But links also affects other websites. So Google is not going to trust a website that doesn't have any links from outside. Yes. So the best content isn't good enough. Google is not going to trust you if there are not other people trusting you as well. Like yeah. very, you can open up your business if you don't, nobody refers to you, nobody talks well about you, et cetera. It's going to be really rough, right? In internet happens the same, uh, yes. the, happens exactly the same. So you want to make sure that your content also attracts and gets links from other relevant people in this authority. Ideally, the people also ranking and somewhere for similar queries on Google because they apparently seem to be relevant in this space. Yeah, and I know that you also talk in that part around getting rid of toxic links, which we won't go into right now. I know the next one's content. So just mm -hmm. a couple of key points on content. Absolutely, write the content that Google wants to rank. This is not the same today as it was last month. Possibly, and definitely not as it was two years ago. So you want and, to and, keep and, your... and you with your clients, Gert. Sorry to cut you off there, but with your clients, are you directing that? Are you saying, look, based on this change, this is what I think you should write about? Yes, yes. So we we tell them not only what they should write about, uh, we also tell them what they should rewrite. So there might be content from 2015 hanging lying around where we say, look, this we used to do really well. The topic was great but the presentation isn't good, isn't good enough or it doesn't attract any leads. It, maybe we can rewrite this to prepare the reader to really do the opt-in afterwards, right? So, yeah. so we just try to leverage what all is already there. It, it's not always a rewrite. We have clients where we almost forbid them to write new content. They have so much. They just need to go back and rewrite all this stuff. Yeah, and it's too much content, therefore not always a good thing. Absolutely, especially if you don't make it clear what you want to rank. Imagine you have 20 articles about how to sell more. Yes. How could Google possibly choose which one to rank? And you want Google to know which one. You don't want Google to rank one every day because otherwise you can't optimize. Right. So you want to make it clear. There are technical methods to make clear to Google which one you want to rank. And the internal linking should help. 
but too much content can confuse Google, yes. Yeah, and, and I've heard that um, also, like if you were right, so let's say for me, it hasn't been a huge change, but at one point, you know, I ran a, a, an outsourcing business, right? So that outsourcing business I sold, I no longer have that, but I might have blogs that still relate to that. So will Google in that case get confused as to, well, hang on, this is, he's writing about virtual assistants and how to do that, but then now he's also talking about sales. Is that I suppose a simple example of how Google could get confused as to well, what really is your core topic? I think the confusion happens when we talk a lot about the same thing and right. you're not clear of what you actually what search intent you're targeting. So why you every content piece of content should target a search intent, a reason why someone opened up Google and searched for something. And if you don't make this clear, it's definitely an issue. There's also a thing about topical relevance. So on seoleverage.com tomorrow, I would talk about how to get your virtual assistant in one article, I would probably not be relevant. If I have been doing this for a while, probably at some point Google said, yeah, apparently they also know a thing or two about virtual assistants. Um, so we can start ranking them. So there is a term called topical relevance, right? Um, where we say, okay, you kind of need to be able to back this up, right? You can, the same way as in a conversation, if you just talk, uh, say one or two phrases about a subject, but nothing else, people might not believe you as much as if you were able to to do a 60-minute speech on this topic. Yeah, brilliant. And I know the last one's action, but because we're a little bit tight on time, I'll sum it up to say that that two weeks you said, but I think the most important thing is taking that action. I think your team as well is really important there. And I know that you've got a fantastic platform that you've had for around 12 months. And that's what really, when I was listening to you, inspired me to get onto the to the call. Because some people I've worked with in the past with SEO, it's very confusing as to where is everything. But if you go through and watch the masterclass on Gertz, you can actually see that he's got each of the Erica steps and he's actually got the the key actions to take. And I think, uh, well done. I think that's, uh, I haven't seen it by any other SEO business. And I think what you've created there is is brilliant. So before we go into the rapid fire section, I just want to ask you a simple question. Have you got the sales system to get you the revenue that you want? And for a lot of you, you would be nodding your head and saying yes, which is fantastic. Well done. But some of you might say, well, I don't know what our sales system is because you may have come from uh, corporate, you may have never been trained in sales, you just got referrals, right? And you're just working that referral engine, but not in a, a system way. So what we've got is a pulse check. So you can go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash pulse and answer the nine questions in three minutes and then we'll have a call and I can help you fill those gaps. It's not a sales call, it's just helping you fill those gaps. So it's paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash pulse and I hope that my SEO is uh, well crafted with that. <laughs> Good. So we go into the rapid fire section. I'll ask you a question, you give me a quick answer. You ready for that? Yep, let's do it. Okay, great. So what's a a habit, a sales habit, if you think of your business, what's a sales habit that you do on a regular basis? Provide upfront value. Brilliant. And from a technology point of view that helps you accelerate sales, what what do you d- use? Uh, tons of SEO tools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but any sales, like do you use a sales Me- CRM or anything specific to sales? Email. Email. We're very conversational. We try to build trust through email. Okay, great. And are you Google? And Chrome probably. Google, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Google, obviously, and, <laughs> and definitely, definitely email and the SEO. Yeah. 
Yeah, brilliant. I think and, lo uh, Loom videos would be good in the technology space as well. Loom videos are really, really useful. Yeah, excellent. And if uh, I've got a partner as well, uh, Dub, that they're a good um, sponsor of our solo podcast. So that's a good okay. uh, comparison that you can do to uh, to use Loom, but that's also a good product, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, what about your source of new ideas, like for sales, like you, you know, improving how you sell? Where, where do you go to find those? I think we are very focused on SEO and giving the best SEO value rather than on sales because once people see that we know what we're talking about and can show results, we don't have to focus so much on sales but really focus on providing more and more value, get better and better results. And this is ultimately what builds the trust to get people to take action. Okay, great. And uh, the next one is uh, how do you give back? Um, we are supporting right now, I think, almost 25 families uh, connected to our team. Uh, right now, we support a local NGO here in Spain, in Madrid, who is working on social integration. and. Yeah, we once in a while we we help uh, social enterprises, so I think we're doing quite a few quite a few things here. Okay, great. Well, look, the last question is, you know, after all the great advice you've given, if you could just circle on one, so one action that people could do to ten times their sales, what would that be? Uh, absolutely, consistency. So consistency paired with patience is leading to results. Yeah, I've got to say, uh, I I lost some patience recently around my SEO, and then when I got <laughs> taken through the results and looked at how far we'd come in six months, which wasn't as obvious to me, I realised mm -hmm. that it is something. So you're right; it's consistent. It's for the long haul. You've given lots of great advice, and I know you're going to give more in the book as well. So if you go to seoleverage.com forward slash book. Gert has got his book there. He goes through that, Erica. And also, like I said, we'll put the link to the masterclass, which I found very informative as I was preparing uh, for this podcast interview today. Perfect. So, Gert, uh, absolute pleasure uh, to have you on all the way from Spain. And, uh, yeah, it's been great um, listening to all the wisdom you shared today. Yeah, thank you so much, Paul, for having me. It was a pleasure. Well, need to take a breath of air after that one. Well, certainly, Gert does. He's got so much knowledge. His knowledge of SEO is just, uh, yeah, it's inspiring and infectious. And, you know, if I've learned anything from this is go and see him. I know he does do some SEO audits. Go and uh, do that and also grab his book. So, you know, what were the other key things I learned was, you know, that two weeks, I think it's so important. So if you're not doing that, and let's face it, if you're not doing any SEO, there's a golden opportunity, right? Because as he said, you can't rely on other platforms like LinkedIn, et cetera. You need to own your own content and have organic reach. And uh, obviously, um, you know, the search, to me, it, it seemed, uh, I, I just missed it, right? It wasn't as obvious to me. So, um what I'd love you to do is move from the learning to the action, right? So share with myself on social media and also mentioning Gert on what you learned from it, okay, so that we know the action that you took out of it. So that would be great. Also, there's the full transcript. There's the links. I'll put the links to the book. I'll put the links to the masterclass that we spoke about so you can see that Erica framework as well. And, uh, you know, if you've got friends that you know would really get value from this, please be the sales hero and share it 
with them, okay? Don't keep it to yourself. Please share it with them. And, you know, many people struggle with SEO, as you know, so it'd be great for you to share this with them. If you want to know that system, if you've got the right system to get your next million, just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash pulse and you can take that and check out the solo show. So I do solo episodes every week and they're much more specific on examples that I've done around sales strategies. Please take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet.